Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for September the 2nd in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two. Our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We talked about the brother of Seth Rich. Aaron Rich has asked the D.C. federal judge overseeing his defamation lawsuit for full access to five recorded phone calls. I don't really know what he intends to gain about this, but I can't believe Seth Rich is our friend. I'm sorry, Aaron Rich is our friend. He's been going against Fox News and anybody who's been trying to get the probe about the uh, murder. Why would he be going against the guys trying to get the truth, huh? Weird stuff. I'll tell you that right now. We also talked about Facebook fact checkers bought and paid for by the Gates Foundation, says Ben Swan. Mm. Yeah, why would the guy that wants to, um, you know, depopulate the world put vaccines together to save us all? And then they're, they're the ones hiring the fact checkers. Do you trust Bill Gates fact checkers? It's all about the facts, ma'am. Speaking of facts, we talked big time about did Michelle Obama uh, really say that black women are invisible to white Americans? When we do exist, we exist as a threat, she continues. Wow, we talked about Star Parker in detail. She's a black woman. We don't see her as invisible, nor do we see her as a threat. In fact, we consider her a partner in patriotism, if you will. Black Lives Matter. I guess they got uh, Star Parker's success sequence billboards pulled down prematurely in Milwaukee. Yeah, Star Parker does a phenomenal job. She has an, uh, an organization called Urban Cure. It's a center for urban renewal and education. And the billboards are up saying, hey, you know what? Go to school. Get a job. Several points that she focuses on to help people better their lives. Black Lives Matter hate Star Parker yanked it down. Sam Bushman kindly offers to host a debate between Star Parker and Michelle Obama at his own expense. That's how afraid of these black women I am. Uh, see, that's where I think uh, Michelle's not invisible. I'd like to give her some visibility, if you will. Hour two, Liberty Roundtable Live. We talked about an open letter to the pastors of the United States. Great, great article, great letter. Bringing back the spirit of the black-robed regiment. God bless the black-robed regiment. We talked about that in detail as well. Hillary and Obama want Trump defeated. It's, quote, payback for 2016, David Horowitz claims. He says they will fail. Trump's blitz is about to come. Get ready. It'll happen soon. Trump has a secret weapon and he'll win in a landslide. Well, I sure pray Trump wins in a landslide because, man, the likes of Ocasio-Cortez teaming up with whacked-out Kamala Harris, tied in with loony Biden, tied in with Hillary Clinton and Maxine Waters and <laughs> Nancy Pelosi waiting in the wings, it scares the heck out of me. 
Is the Federal Reserve about to be set down by Donald Trump? We can only pray so. 90% who test positive for the coronavirus are not even contagious, a new report comes out. Yeah, as many as 90% of the people don't even have enough amount of the virus to infect anybody. I kid you not. Who's telling us this? The New York Times, the new report that's out. And they also say 94% of the people that die have underlying conditions. It's not really just the COVID. Only 6% due to the COVID. The numbers are shockingly, shockingly low. And we literally closed down our whole economy over this. And now they're literally waiting on and pushing for and funding ventilators and vaccines to the tunes of billions of dollars. Wow, have we been manipulated and deceived. How, how easy we, um, like lambs to the slaughter, give up our liberty on the altar of so-called security, huh? Delivery won't save our restaurants. Heather May with Utah Business wrote that piece. She's right about that. We also talked about Donald Trump and Joe Biden differ. On the economy, USA Today, big, big difference. Simply put, Biden would raise taxes and Donald Trump would lower them. That's enough for me to decide to stand with President Donald Trump. Also, Donald Trump leading to more constitutional taxes like tariffs at the border, etc. as well. Tech firm pays $89.5 million. What's their goal? To cancel office space. Yeah, we're talking about Pinterest. They're shifting to working from home. And they spent $89 million to back out of a contract, but they saved well over $450 million in the process. And other Bay Area tech companies, in addition to Pinterest, are saying, hey, working from home is the future. It's likely to remain the norm after the pandemic is how they say it. Yeah, some people will return to the office. Um, but a recent Stanford Institute for Economic Policy research found that 42% of the labor force now works from home. Or remotely is what they say. And around a third don't even work anymore because they're out of work. And only about 26% are working from office sites now. A massive change. Massive open buildings. They're going to have to turn it into warehouse and flex space. That's the future. And that's a recap of yesterday's award-winning broadcast available at LibertyRoundTable.com. Tell your neighbor, spread the word. And if you have the heart to help, donate, please. Loving Liberty. Dot net. Without further ado, Kirk Crosby is with me. News that I refuse to use starts now. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. Man, we got a lot of news. You know, uh, do you have uh, Amazon Prime, Kirk? Well, some of the uh, ones in no, our no, no. family have it. Kirk, do you have Amazon I don't Prime? Okay, so the answer is no for Kirk. I have it. No. Right. Kurt doesn't. Some of Kurt's family members have it. Well, Walmart Walmart is now unveiling what they call Walmart Plus Kurt. Their goal to take on Amazon Not Prime. Prime huh? No, 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 Walmart Plus. If you said Prime, buddy, you get sued now. Anyway, Walmart Plus is what they're unveiling. Cost $98 a year for their membership plan. It includes free shipping on items $35 and over. The company said it'll add more uh, features to its membership plan over time as well. And um, I guess it's September 15th that it kicks off, Kurt. 
So that's kind of an interesting twist. You're going to have Amazon Plus now, 98 bucks. Now it's basically $22 cheaper than Prime is, but it has a lot less services. What they're counting on, Kurt, is they can get things to you via same day. Uh, and the big key behind it is their stores. You're going to be able to pick things up at the stores, uh, or you're going to be able to have the stores that have product available delivered to you right away. And so we're going to see, but I'll tell you what I like about this. You want to know what I like the most about this, Kurt? Competition. Amen to that. Yeah, this competition is going to heat things up, and you're going to have better and more services and better and more. And I don't know if it's going to be a price point battle, meaning that they're going to drop the drop the price of the subscriptions, Amazon Prime versus Walmart Plus cost, or if they're just simply going to pack it full of so many features, it's a no-brainer. I don't know, but it's certainly going to blur the, quote, um, line between, uh, what do you call it, e-commerce and brick-and-mortar kind of blur the line because you're going to be able to pick things up at warehouses and stores and things are going to be delivered to you faster. And I mean, it's just it, it just goes on and on. It's amazing, Kurt. Anyway, I thought I'd brief you on that. Did you did you know about that? Are you going to get Walmart unveiled or get Walmart Plus there, Kurt? Um, probably not. No, but uh, I do like the idea of the competition. Uh, you know, uh, and I see that more and more things will be. Uh, I think uh, you know purchased online simply because. You know, like, how many people really like to go into a place they have to get a mask on? And uh, then more and more people like the idea of opening up a present at their front door. You know, and that's what all these packages are. Uh, you know, just like you know, open it up and see what's in there, you know. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, I found that interesting. Walmart Plus. It's also interesting, Kurt, that they're going to uh, offer free shipping on items $35 or more. That's an interesting twist, too. Free shipping on items $35 and over. And I don't so really think it's the, items. I think it's the uh, pooled items, like your order, right? The group of them. Um, so, like with uh, Amazon Prime, isn't it anything, though? Well, no, well you got to debate. You know, it's not anything. It's most things. Most things, okay. Yeah, so Where oftentimes if you bought it, if a, a heavy, something heavy or something tiny, then oftentimes there's a shipping charge. Like if you bought, um, oh, what would be a good example? If you bought a single energy drink, it probably wouldn't have free shipping, for instance. If you bought something heavy, like a bunch of bottles of Coca-Cola, Mexican Coca-Cola, and it was like really heavy or something like that, probably not. Um, so most things have free shipping, but not all. It also depends a little bit on where you live, too. There's a lot less free shipping options if you live way out in the boonies, too, Kurt. Uh, but for the most We've part, seen that before. for the most yeah. part, it's free. And for the most part, it's two day. Uh, they're working on day. In fact, I ordered something uh, way late one night. and I got it the next morning. I literally got something within 12 hours, Kurt, even where I live from Amazon Prime. Now, that's not the uh, Walmart Plus. I don't have that yet. It's not available till September 15th. But, Kurt, don't worry. It's the second, so in 13 days, a little less than two weeks, buddy, you can pull the trigger on that um, Walmart Plus if you want. So just thought I'd bring that to your attention. Sam and Kurt, everybody around the table live. Got to talk about Wall uh, Amazon a little bit, too, I guess. They can't be outdone, can they, Kurt? 
The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Transport back in time to our nation's founding at the Freedom's Light Festival. Visit with freedom fighters, colonial artisans, music, contests, prizes, over 35 activities for the whole family. Schedule a school field trip and fulfill the federal requirement to teach the Constitution. Can you crack the spy codes used to win the Revolutionary War? Take home a founding document printed on the exact replica Isaiah Thomas used for the first Declaration of Independence. Register and compete in the Constitution Bowl. Join us September 17th through the 19th. Register at freedomslight.us. Freedomslight.us. This event is completely free, now more than ever. We need to ensure Freedom's Light is not extinguished. Let's keep this light shining in the hearts and minds of our children. Freedomslight.us. That's freedomslight.us. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, so Walmart cranks up Walmart Plus, competing with Amazon Prime. Free shipping with items over $35. They'll add more features to the plan. It's a little less than Wal- or, uh, Amazon's plan. Uh, however, Walmart uh, is launching something, but uh, Amazon's never to be outdone, Kurt. So Amazon now wins FAA approval to deliver packages by drone. Now, back in December 2013, Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos said in a TV interview that drones would be flying to customers' houses within five years. That hasn't happened. They didn't say when they expect to make deliveries to shoppers via drone, but the Seattle-based Amazon company, Kurt, is the third company who has won flight approval for drone service. Do you know who the other two are? No, I don't. don't. All right, UPS is one, and a company owned by search giant Google is another. Uh, and Amazon oh. is the third. So drum, drones uh, are coming to a delivery point near you, my friend. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the drones, Kurt? Well, um, I, you know, it, it's going to add a little bit of, uh, I guess you could say, uh, interesting stuff to the neighborhood, I guess, you know. Yeah. Got them flying around and delivering packages, you know. Yeah, and the problem that uh, I have is when will they be spy drones and when won't they? And it really, what it really means is, you know, 
there's going to be photos of everything everywhere. I mean, they're now taking pictures of your porches openly, showing that your packages are there, uh, et cetera. How long will it be until they take pictures of, you know, your backyard and you? And, and, and I don't know. It seems a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit scary to me. But I submit to you that this AI or artificial intelligence and this continued automation and this continued computerization of everything, it's not about to end, Kurt. In fact, I submit to you that it's going to exponentially increase as they get 5G and 6G and all this kind of stuff, Terra, whatever, capabilities and frequencies. and They're going to just have more and more and more and more and more computerization uh, everywhere around you. And there's no real way to avoid it that I can see, Kurt. Well, I'm sure none of it would be used uh, inappropriately, Sam, uh, by your governments and uh, big companies uh, because, I mean, they just wouldn't do that kind of thing. Yeah. They? Anyway, I find that whole thing quite interesting, um, to say the least. All right. The CDC statistics, Kurt, now admit that uh, out of the 161,000-plus deaths due to coronavirus, excluding other causes, only 6% were COVID clearly. Other ones have underlying conditions. We talked about that. But somebody else put it in perspective for me, Matt Staver. So listen carefully. He says, so as of the 328 million people, that's total people in America. So just say 330 million people in America. Less than 9,700 people have died from the coronavirus alone. So do you know what the percent of dying from COVID is, Kurt? The percent chance of dying from COVID is alone, or um, yeah, alone. You know, with the combined. Um, so then they're saying that six out of a hundred of of what they've told us of the deaths, correct, uh, before would uh, would have died, and then how few out of you know the, the whole overall population, group? Correct. I mean, it's got to be point zero zero one one or. Point zero zero five. Yeah, it, you're right. It's zero point zero zero two nine percent. So zero zero two nine. It's just so extremely low. And Kurt, the whole point of bringing this up is they have literally destroyed the whole economy over this, my friend. I mean, it is literally out of control. Yeah. And it would be bad the enough. The ends justify the means, you know. Well, that's the problem. Right. I don't think it's true. That's what they say, though. You know, remember yeah. that good, uh, well, like that uh, one guy, Obama's buddy from uh, Chicago, that said, uh, "Hey, uh, never miss out on taking advantage of a good, uh, you know, crisis." That's boy, uh, it's never been more true than this. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, I bring it up because instead of admitting, going, you know what, we were really panicked. We're so sorry. We we just didn't not want to leave anything to chance. We didn't want to have, you know, a massive death count on our hands and, and not be able to stop it. So we're sorry we jumped the gun on this. If they would be open and candid about that curtain back off, I would have tremendous respect. But when they double down and insist that, oh, we still need a gazillion ventilators. Uh, we still need vaccines and there's just no way to back away from it. We still need contact tracing. We still need to know everything, everywhere you are, everywhere you go. We still need massive mask mandates everywhere. We need to shut down businesses and shut down schools and mandate this and mandate that and continue to instill panic in the citizenry via the media and everything. I've just gotten to where I just don't trust them. Yeah. 
And I've heard Dr. Scott Atlas, uh, I haven't heard much from him now. Now that he's on the task force, he's not saying much, is he, Kurt? I heard more for him before he joined the task force. Yeah. I'm not trying to down the guy. I think the world of the guy. I think he's one of the most candid people out there speaking out. So I'm not downing him. I'm just saying, isn't that interesting? What does that all mean? I don't know. Mm. I'm not attacking anybody as much as I'm just wondering at this point, going, man, you know? All right. Well, we've talked about the contrast between President Trump and um, Joe Biden and really the ilks and the likes of each camp to some degree. Uh, Mm. And we need to talk about it more because Kurt wants to talk about what is the Johnson Amendment. It's Trump's religious liberty executive order, right, Kurt? Well, it, it's, uh, this was done uh, quite a ways back, Sam, and this, uh, this article from News, uh, I think it was Newsweek, if I remember right. What was uh, done, the article or the Johnson Amendment or what? Let's both, put it in context. Okay, uh, so you, both you're getting things, an old article. Uh, remember we, yes, that's okay. right. Uh, we were talking about it yesterday. Um, about how, uh, uh, you know, the churches um, before had, I mean, uh, we were talking about some of the differences that President Trump had made. And, uh, you know, the list, at least in my opinion, the long list of of uh, changes and the, you know, improvements that he's put into place, uh, kept his promises about so many things. And, you know, we're just basically saying to folks, uh, I, I think it was so uh, with our conversation with Scott, Dr. Scott Bradley, uh, about how uh, we felt pretty much impelled, uh, or you know, uh, um, that it's necessary that we kind of uh, stand up and say, "Look, hey, we've been asking for this kind of stuff for our lifetimes, at least as long as we've been aware of these problems," and. We've never seen a president that has, you know, even they haven't even tried to kept their promises. And yeah, yeah uh, and and now we we have. And so we're pretty much feeling um, it's kind of unusual for us, uh, especially in the last, what, 20 years or so um, for us to even think of, re- you know, supporting the Republicans, you know. Uh, and yet um, we feel, you know, kind of necessary to do it simply because we've never seen anybody do it. And we, we've asked for it, and now it's been done. So in this case, I was looking up uh, info on this uh, Johnson Amendment that I believe uh, very few people are aware of. I mean, you got these God-fearing people who um, the media, what they did was highlight the president's uh, dalliances if you will uh, you know with um, you know um, women especially and that kind of thing and so then they'd uh, pretty much uh, the Christians uh, many of them would just say hey I'm not I'm not in on this guy you know uh, I'm out uh, you know and just everything after that uh, didn't matter what he did um, you know, yeah, it was the never Trump or the Trump derangement, Trump derangement exactly syndrome right. just on steroids. So let's put this in perspective a little bit, Kurt. This story uh-huh. uh, was by Jason Lamier. I think Lamier, it is. I guess it's anyway uh, some five kind of seventeen. So what? May twenty uh, seventeen. Right. Yeah, yeah. So May fourth, twenty seventeen. This thing came out. Now to put it in perspective, President Donald Trump marks his first National Prayer Day. In the White House by signing this executive order. Now, this is really, in my opinion, kind of a double 
you know, effort here. One, he's promoting National Prayer Day, the first one. And then he well, signs an executive a, order on religious is, liberty as well, Kurt. At least on the prayer day, it was pretty much a standard day each year. Yeah, but it's the first that, one uh, President Trump was involved him. in as president. That's right. That's right. Okay, so it's historic exactly is what right. I'm getting at. I know yeah, it's just a right. you know, home drum every year thing. I know. But that's not when the president of the United States. Ask. That's not when the president of the United States has the first one. He could have canceled it if he was an enemy of liberty. But he chose right. to mark it as a historical event and do something more. Massive about it. Okay, yeah. do something more to mark the historical date that it was his first one. That's what I'm trying to get at. We'll tell you that's what he right. did in detail in seconds on Thank your you. radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. A federal court says no to a prosecutor's efforts to get the president's tax returns. A three-judge panel of the Second Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday put on hold a lower court ruling while it considers the president's argument that the records request is overbroad and was issued in bad faith. New York City District Attorney Cyrus Vance wants the records to see if President Trump broke laws in an investigation concerning supposed hush money payments made to several women as detailed by the president's former lawyer Michael Cohen. President Trump telling reporters yesterday claims in an upcoming book by Michael Schmidt that he had a series of mini-strokes last year is fake news. He added maybe they were referring to another candidate from another party, alluding to Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. This is USA Radio News. I'm Dr. John Howe, veterinarian and 2020-2021 AVMA immediate past president with the latest on COVID-19 and pets. There's been a very limited number of infections in companion animals, with most cases asymptomatic or with minor respiratory issues. Here are some key tips. If you're healthy, keep practicing good hygiene with your pet. Wash your hands before and after playtime and when handling food, waste, or supplies. It's best if you don't let your pets interact with people or pets outside your household, especially if you're in an area with community spread. Exercise is important for your pet, but try to steer clear of crowded dog parks, mind the heat, socially distance, keep cats indoors whenever possible. If you're ill with COVID-19, try to have someone care for your pets. If you can't always wear a mask, don't share food, kiss, or hug your pets, and wash your hands before and after any contact. For more information on keeping your pets happy, healthy, and safe, visit avma.org. President Trump calling violent protests in major cities domestic terror. Speaking at a law enforcement roundtable in Kenosha, Wisconsin yesterday, the president said he strongly supports the use of the National Guard to help put an end to the violence. Meanwhile, a probe into the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha by police a couple of weeks ago has produced over a 100 pieces of evidence, according to the Wisconsin Department of Justice. It includes 28 different videos of the incident. Kids in New York City are facing a change in their back-to-school plans, as we hear in this report from USA Radio's Wendy King. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio says the return to classrooms will be pushed back to September 21st. 
there will be three days of remote learning beforehand. During that transitional period, there will be instruction for students, but there will also be additional preparation for educators and staff. Again, that report from Wendy King, and you're listening to USA Radio News. All right, so we've got to be painstakingly vigilant when we explain what's happened here because you can be very confused and thrown off if you're not careful. The headline, what is the Johnson Amendment? Trump's Religious Liberty Executive Order uh, says the headline undermines church and state law. Jason Lamier wrote this back in May 4th, 2017, and it correctly points out that President Trump marked the first National Day of Prayer in the White House, historic with this um, executive order. And I, again, I'm not an executive order guy, folks. So don't misunderstand me. Don't call me and email me and say, Sam, I'm shocked to see you're for executive orders because I'm not. But I also see that we're so far from what the presidency ought to be doing. How can Trump roll back tyranny? How can he do anything? And since we're so far, any step that he makes in the right direction is at least a good step. If we have a little bit of religious liberty, a little bit of blessings from the Lord, maybe we can wisely push for more. And I get that we need to use the proper branches and the checks and balances. And trust me, I've, I've spoke about this for 25 plus years on the radio. I get it. But I also get if somebody's going to do something right, even if it's not exactly the right mechanism, I'm going to be for it because the right mechanism, at least right now, will never bring back freedom. And you say, well, Sam, the right mechanism... Well, what is the right mechanism? The answer is to use the checks and balances the way the founders intended. That's the real mechanism. That's the real answer. But short term, can that be done? And I submit no. But short term, we can do certain things that can get a little bit of breathing room right now. Right? So President Trump launches this executive order that, what, goes against or changes the Johnson Amendment, Kurt? Well, that's exactly right. Um, and this is a Newsweek piece, uh, you know, and you hardly hear about Newsweek at all these days. Uh, but Newsweek in, you know, former years had some pretty good, uh, at least uh, uh, appropriate reporting, I think. At least, uh, you know, I remember. Well, it gets sticky fast if you're not careful. So let's talk about stuff. what the legislation in the Johnson Amendment does first, Kurt. Yeah, and so these guys, uh, their their twist on it is that it's a concern. Uh, so you know that the president did this because they say, "What is the Johnson Amendment?" As you re, you know said, and then they say Trump's religious liberty executive order undermines church state law. And that's why As I say if, you got to handle you know, this we have carefully. A church so state start law. start with the legislation part. It says. Known as the Johnson Amendment, the legislation states. Yeah, right there. Let's see. Let me we get first want to talk about the part. thing that's been done since what there 1954, whatever. This is the legislative piece and what it does, and then let's talk separately about what Trump is trying to do. And the only reason I want to do that is because again, you can be very confused about who's doing what here if you're not careful. Yeah, they say known as the Johnson Amendment, the legislation states that tax exempt organizations quote, are absolutely prohibited from directly or indirectly participating in, comma, or intervening in any political campaign on behalf of or in opposition to any candidate for elective public office. That's now, let me stop you there. Article. So in my opinion, the Johnson Amendment is evil. 
Okay, it's saying that, hey, if you're a religious leader, if you're a church, if you're a pastor, if you're somebody that might be part of the Black Robe Regiment, you know, standing up boldly, nobly, uh, and, say, you know, talking about moral issues or political issues or candidates, you can't do that if you're going to have your special tax-exempt privilege. And so I believe this is very, very dangerous, but it's been on the books for a long time, Kurt. The amendment to the tax code which, again, the tax code circles back to say the least, but the addition, the legislative amendment to the tax code was signed in 1954. And it's named for its primary sponsor, Lyndon Johnson. So this thing is evil from the get-go, Kurt, if you ask my opinion. Well, yeah, and this, uh, like you say, has been, been around since before I was born. Um, and uh, they say it has had limited impact. I... I, I disagree. Just, yeah. In fact, I yeah. hardcore disagree. In fact, I think it's taken away one of the great checks and balances in America. That's the religious organizations having an, an impact on morality from more than just a vague point of view, right? You could directly go, hey, so-and-so's for murdering babies uh, in abortion mills. You can't vote for that candidate. They're pro-death people. Okay, you wouldn't be able to say those things. You'd have to be like, well, we, we're for pro-life. and Well, we are, but uh, what I mean is, they say the impact is small. I think they're crazy. I think the impact has been massive in terms of its um, circumventing and shutting down the power of the pastor or the power of the, the church to make a difference on a moral stage, Kurt. Not to mention the little known or the well-known little phrase that says freedom of speech in America. Yeah, in you contrast, know? the separation I mean, of church and state. That's See, right. Because we never um, intended to separate <clears throat> church and state from preventing churches and or people from expressing their, their views and letting their influence be felt. That was not the intent. The, was, the intent was for government not to control the churches. And this very thing lets the government control the churches in a backhanded, well, it's through the IRS tax code way. And they make you believe they're not really controlling the churches. They're just trying to protect, you know, the state or protect. Government doesn't need to be protected from the church, folks. The church needs to be protected from the government. Let's not be deceived on the point. Okay. Now, while the IRS does not publish the list of organizations that have been, quote, stripped of their tax-exempt status under the legislation, and that list would be interesting to see, Kurt. Yes, it would. Mm -hmm. And they say only one such case is known, and that was ahead of the 92 election. The Branch Ministries Church in New York took out a series of advertisements in major newspapers calling on Christians not to vote for Bill Clinton. And see, um, I think they have every they, right to do that, Kurt. Well, that's, you know, like you say, freedom of speech, you know. Um, and uh, and they freedom say of the press the and issue, it's in the newspaper, sir. That's right. The issue had largely been dormant until Trump raised it during his campaign, and he aired his views on it once again at the National Prayer Breakfast. Now, let me stop you there. Uh, so this yes. is where they say it's largely dormant. What that means is, you know, the conservatives kind of gave up on the fight, and people didn't really talk about it. It took a President Trump to bring this up. Now, this is the guy that they want you to believe doesn't care about religion. He's just a pervert, and there's no good in the guy, and... But this guy's saying, wait a minute, we need to protect religious freedom. This is important enough to bring up. The issue has largely been dormant until Trump raised it during his campaign. This is an example where you just can't deny the good Trump's doing, Kurt. 
He didn't have to well, do this. And, and, and when the article says the issue is dormant, it doesn't mean that the effect of this thing is dormant. Oh, or great in other point. Words, it, it means that everybody just kind of took it like that and said, well, we got to live with this. And uh, the president, <laughs> who's known, I mean, we were there at his inauguration when he said, look, uh, this is not me uh, taking power back. This is the people taking the power back. And it's, it's impressive to see uh, when you dig uh, and see what has been done. Uh, and that's why I wanted to bring it up. He said this. Uh, when you say he, you know, you're talking about President practice. Trump, right? Yes, okay. that's right. He said, quote, I will get rid of and totally destroy the Johnson Amendment and allow our representatives of faith to speak freely and without fear of retribution. That's just massive. Sam, it is. It's huge. huge. And not only did he say that he will do it, but as far as I understand, to the best of his ability, uh, he has done it. Remember, the author talked that's about right. the first annual day of prayer. Now, that's not the first one in existence, Kurt's right, but it's, it's the historic one because it's Trump's first one. And he made it so significant. Now, you could say, well, I'm not for executive orders, Sam, and I would agree. But here's the question. When you've got unconstitutional legislation that literally muzzles churches and church leaders— in effect, since 1954, and the effect has been absolutely chilling. And then President Trump says the only way I can get rid of this thing is to uh, mandate it from the executive bench, from the executive office. I, I know legislatively it should be done, but the legislators are the ones that have sold you south on this, people. And so I've got to undo it. And would you rather say, well, I don't believe in executive orders, so I reject it? Or would you rather say we should have never had the legislation in the first place? And even though President Trump is not really supposed to be using executive orders, they're not supposed to be legislating this stuff either. So if you got a wrong and a wrong, those two wrongs cancel each other out at least. And now religious leaders have a lot more flexibility in what they can say and do. Then I think you have a greater chance to advocate for freedom. Because people can learn more about what's really going on. People can say, hey, uh, we're not afraid of retribution. Let's not vote for Kamala Harris. She's a communist. Let's not vote for Joe Biden. He's been against churches and religious. In fact, was he around in 1954 when they you know, made this? He probably wasn't a legislator. But was he around? Okay, this is when the Free Speech Fairness Act quote was introduced. In the House and Senate by the whip, Steve Scalise. Anyway, let's talk about this. They say only an act of Congress can repeal the legislation. Is that true or not? Let's talk about it. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. 
We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to DefendAPatriot.com. DefendAPatriot.com. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Sir Galahad, what seems to be the problem? Well, it's just not working. She's been very unrealistic. Really? Ever since he rescued me from the dragon, we've been drifting apart. That's not true. We were supposed to live happily ever after. Well, this isn't a fairy tale. <laughs> At first, he was gallant and chivalrous, opening doors for me, holding my chair, taking my arm. All right, I'm not as young as I used to be. He simply isn't the man who swept me off my feet. Well, you're not as young as you used to be. <laughs> Mr. Sir Galahad, maybe if you started by just holding Mrs. Sir Galahad's hand when you're together. Really? Yes, try it. Okay. All right, go on, take your hand. Careful, little oil. Marriage, you're never too far apart when you're still holding hands. From your neighbors, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, look into each other's eyes. That's right, raise your visor. Oh, the blue yeah. For more tips on strengthening your marriage, visit family.mormon.org. All right, Kurt, so I need you to resend me a headline on this, not the headline from the story we're getting it from, because I don't think they're being fair. Now, anyway, the bottom line is, you know, folks have been fighting this for a while, and it's really legislative folks. You could say that they're the only ones that can repeal their legislation, Kurt. But I disagree if the legislative body, let's say they passed a law that said you could murder everybody. Hey, let's just pass a law, and they passed it. You don't run around and say, well, the legislative body is the only one that can repeal this. Otherwise, everybody has to die. The president could stand up and say, no, wait a minute. I'm not going to carry out this law. This is psychotic. We're not doing that. I don't know what's gotten into these people, but I'm going to overrule them. Now, you would say, well, Sam, that just gives way too much power to the president. No, no, no. The Constitution is what sets forth the guidelines in the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. And in the Bill of Rights, it says Congress... What does it say in the First Amendment, Kurt, that they won't be able to prohibit my free exercise of religion? Doesn't it say that? I think, I think that's exactly right. All right, so if they can't prohibit the free exercise of my religion, how can they tell my pastor or my church that they can't speak out about things of marriage or you know, abortion or morality well, or which candidates to really. vote for or not or any, any of those things? Okay, how can they say that? So the legislative body in the First Amendment are at odds. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're at odds because the legislative body circumvented the First Amendment here, which they had no authority to do. So President Trump's merely saying, I'm going to fire back and say, hey, this is bogus and we're going to stand against this. Now, they, the rest right. of the article goes on and says, well, the First Amendment already guarantees this right. Uh, the Johnson Amendment must stand. And they go on and on and on. And, and they say how Trump's a threat to this. Well, a threat to what? Well, just the remember free exercise of religion. Yeah, this is Newsweek's uh, take on it. They're, they're acting as if, well, America's in peril if, if we don't have separation of church and state. Uh, and I believe, you know, it's the opposite, um, Sam. And so they write in their article, um, you know, where they mention the, the uh, Free Speech Fairness Act. Uh, they say only an act of Congress can repeal the legislation. Well, if if the tables were turned and it was their pal Obama doing something, they would, I don't think, even say that. They would simply say, well, you know, 
thank goodness President Obama's in there and he can, you know, take care of business for us. And, and uh, so you have to remember, you know, as you've always taught us, he who owns the medium makes the rules. So they're the ones that are, you know, going to write it the way they want. They're going to grab the um, quotes that they like and then throw in the pieces they want to make the p story the way they like it. But, um, you know, the main thing that I see when they quote the president and say, and he says, hey, I'm going to get rid of that thing. And I believe if you really asked most Americans, if you're looking at this thing from 1954 when it started, and I'm sure it was kind of like the Federal Reserve that started in 1913, you know, you didn't have overnight everybody all of a sudden just, you know, obeying it and following it. But it took quite a while for them to, you know, move the whole Federal Reserve thing into place. The last silver certificates were done in 1957. So you go from 1913 to 57 till that, I think, almost completely went away. Uh, and it, in the case of this, you got 1954 until pretty much now. And, and I think many of the churches, uh, like I know our particular uh, church uh, has regulations written right in their handbook that says, hey, the uh, leaders of congregations are not supposed to put up political signs or whatever. And that, I think, has to do with specifically uh, this amendment, Sam. Yeah, so it's a big old battle about this, um, you know, Johnson Amendment and Trump saying he repealed it. The fact checkers are all out in, in mass. So, you know, Trump was on, I think it's what, Pat Robertson's show or whatever. And he said, hey, I got rid of this thing. We're going to eventually go to Congress and get rid of it permanently. But I've signed an executive order. So at least you have freedom to speak up on this and help with the cause without being in fear. And they say polit politics and religious experts told us that Trump's remarks were misleading on several grounds. They say he does not have constitutional authority to eliminate the law. Isn't and, it funny? And religious leaders typically wouldn't even follow the Constitution at all. They're going to bring it up and say, whoa, you know, Constitution, you know. And they say right? religious leaders say they've been speaking up before Trump's, quote, restriction. This is all turned around. What do you mean Trump's restriction? It's their restriction that Trump is trying to reduce. This is what I mean by you got to be very careful about who's who, and that's why I kind of started out breaking this down. First, you got this 1954 Johnson Amendment that literally the legislative body has no authority to pass. It flies in the face of the First Amendment and should have never been passed. That's the reference point that you got to start this discussion from. You can't start going, the legislative body was legitimate in their, their violating of the First Amendment, you know. Okay, it isn't true. That's the lie that you start with, that the legislative body had authority and power and was on firm, solid ground to do this. And it's been in existence since 1954 to prove it. And they're, okay, that's dishonest. The truth is that President Trump realized that the legislative body was wrong in doing this. And the president should not carry out bogus legislation. All right, so when you talk about background on the Johnson Amendment, I think it helps you understand. They say in a, quote, previous fact check of Trump's remarks about the Johnson Amendment that the restriction comes from the Internal Revenue Code and that it applies to all 501c3 organizations and charitable organizations. The term Johnson Amendment derives from the 32nd President Lyndon B. Johnson, who became president when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. 
Johnson championed the restriction in 1954. So now they're admitting they're the ones with the restriction, not Trump. All right. Anyway, it's a complicated history. But let's make it very clear. Has President Trump completely gotten rid of it? No. And let me tell you why. Because another president could just make an executive order and reverse it again. However, this is the most important point you need to understand. The legislative body never had authority to do this in the first place. Trump recognizes that reality and says, I'm going to give you breathing room. Pastors, church leaders, I'm going to abolish this with an executive order. Now you have room to speak. Let's push and legislatively get this done so they can't overturn my work so easily. And I think Trump is spot on on that point as well, Kurt. But the fact checkers are all out and they're manipulating this and, and, and deceiving you on the truth. They say the law says under the Internal Revenue Code, all Section 5013C organizations are prohibited from directly and indirectly participating in and or intervening in political campaigning or campaign on behalf of or opposition to any, any it goes on. But all I'm telling you, so the next step President Trump needs to do to codify this even further, Kurt, is abolish the IRS. Because that would be the code, again, that would uh, enable this, even if they do or do not reverse it. That's the code that enables. Okay, so what you got to do is you got to get rid of the IRS now and say, look, they were wrong on that one, too. And the, and the uh, solution there um, that the president can bring up is simply saying, you know, in the uh, spirit of making America great again, you go back to when we didn't have the IRS and if the federal government had needs, or in other words, uh, legitimate needs of taxation um, that they couldn't, that they weren't bringing in via tariffs, which was how it was done before, they would simply do it based on apportionment, and which meant that, you know, if they had, uh, let's say they needed $330 million, which is, you know, at or near the number of people in America, then they would simply tell each state that, hey, we need a dollar for each of your citizens. And the states would, you know, bring that in in whatever form they wanted to do it and pay their dues, if you will. And that way, the federal government had nothing to do directly with the citizenry. That's the way it was intended. That's the way it was done before. And to make America great again, that's the way you do it again. Right, Sam? That's exactly right. And so I didn't keep the headline that you sent me, Kurt, just because I think the end of it's not very fair. Their article is manipulated on the point. It's worth bringing up what's being said. It's worth bringing up that this did lie primarily dormant. People weren't talking about it until President Trump brought it up. But it wasn't dormant, as you wisely point out, in terms of its abuse of people and churches and everything else. So the our headline that I wrote for this, President Trump signs Johnson Amendment executive repeal. And then President Trump asks the legislative body to codify it, to make it permanent. It's exactly what he should do, Kurt. Again, I'm not really the executive exactly. order guy, but, but but how do you say I'm not going to enforce this? Treasury and whatever else be lenient on this right now. Congress, get your act together and do what I've already started. But here's the point. You can't criticize President Trump for trying to start the process. 
You can't criticize President Trump for saying, now we've got to codify it, go back to the legislative body. And Steve Scalise introduced legislation to do just that. But the House was wimpy, and then they lost control. But th- this, again, just shows what President Trump is trying to accomplish, even when his own party isn't backing him, Kurt. That's the point. Exactly, Sam. Or at least some in his own party. Um, Enough you know. to prevent it. Yeah, the never Trumpers, the insider so I say boys, some, the because some might not whatever. stop it. We could still get our job That's done. Right. It's enough to shut it down. Because if they were case, thinking like uh, President Paul Trump, Ryan. if they were thinking like President Trump, Steve Scalise's legislative uh, would have been passed. The Senate could have doubled down and signed it. We could have said President Trump led the way, uh, and then the legislative body codified his decision. Wisely so. We've overturned the bureaucrats from yesteryear. We're on the road to freedom. See, that's the whole point. And just because the legislative body failed, that doesn't take away from Trump's efforts, from Trump's willingness, from Trump's desire. And he started the process. The first prayer day that he was involved in as president, he said, hey, this is such a significant day. I promised I'd do this on the campaign trail. Here it is. Boom. My executive order repeal. Congress, double down and finish this for me, please. And enough Republicans did not take Trump seriously enough or back him enough to get it done. And I'm not here to attack others, but I'm saying if they had, we wouldn't be discussing this, Kurt. So I agree it's a little bit deceptive to say he completely got rid of it. I don't agree with the way that they're manipulating it as if it's Trump's fault. He didn't perform. He didn't do his part. He didn't. Okay, None of those things are true. He did everything that he could do as president to see this through. And now he realizes that I don't have all the power. There are checks and balances. Now it's up to the legislative body. And he even articulated such, Kurt. What more do you want the guy to That's do? Right. That's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What more and, do you want the guy to do? remember back, back If he does more, they'll even call him a greater tyrant, right? That's right. Back in 2017, remember? That's when we had Paul Ryan as the Speaker of the House, who, in my opinion, I mean, it's hard to say he's worse than uh, McConnell. From, you know, in the Senate, and yet I think he was, don't you? Yes. Anyway, this makes me mad. So the reason we bring this up, even though this happened a couple of years ago, is because we're highlighting before the election what President Trump has accomplished that you may not be aware of, my fellow Americans, and the efforts that the president has gone to to get these things done. And you weren't even told about it by by the mainstream press, were you? You probably weren't even told about it by your religious leader because they're too afraid still. Even though President Trump has given us a little bit of daylight when it comes to freedom on this thing, we really need the legislative body to double down and codify it, and President Trump said so. But it's going to take the people to push this now and demand their legislative bodies get it done, and we got to elect people in the legislative body that will carry this and see it through. But these are the examples of what President Trump has been doing that I don't think he gets the credit for that we need to really make sure people are aware of. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby on your radio. This is the broadcast for September the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. 
This is our two of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. You know how we roll if it's constitutional. I like it. If it's not, I hate it. Becky Akers, our guest, though, is more of the anarchist view, not mob rule anarchist. Anarchist meaning, hey, we don't need government to do things for us. Government equates eventually to tyranny. In modern times, it's sure hard to argue that she's wrong. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, she basically says we can do things in the private sector of our own free will. Uh, it's not an anarchist movement in terms of a rejection of, of all things good or all things moral, as you might have been taught. It's a rejection of saying we're going to give somebody authority over another in a force kind of way. That's the rejection part. Hey, we don't need force to get it done. What we need is good people using their free will to work together in free association kind of ways um, to defend freedom and to make a difference. Uh, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, Becky. Have I fairly articulated it? Yes, you have. And thank you, Sam. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to be on the radio with you. Um, anarchy really is the natural state of man. And I don't mean that in the way that uh, other philosophers used it, that uh, life is nasty, short, and brutish. I mean that God created us as free individuals. Freedom in the Bible is extremely important. God is a respecter of our individual wills. He does not bother those people who have no use for him. He doesn't force himself on them. Uh, never in the Bible are we called to use force against each other. In fact, we're told to treat each other with love and kindness and to uh, do unto others as we would have them do unto us. And I know of very, very few people who enjoy being forced to do something that they don't want to do. Government relies on force. That's essentially what all government is. Bureaucrats and politicians come up with something. This coronavirus scam is a good example Politicians and bureaucrats have decided that we need to wear masks, and they are willing to force us to do so. This is anti-scriptural. It's certainly anti-constitutional. Uh, all of us should oppose it solely on those grounds, if for no other reason. Wow, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Becky Akers riding shotgun today. We're glad to have her. As you know, not only is she a great commentator, but she's a writer. And she's written a couple of incredible books. One's Abducting Arnold, uh, The Other Side of the Benedict Arnold Story You May Not Be Familiar With, and Hailstorm, about Nathan Hale, one of the greatest patriots America has ever known. And i got to tell uh, Becky something that she probably doesn't know. Uh, I send my children to a private school. They take no money from government, zero. Uh, and um, I wouldn't put my kids in any school at all. We homeschooled our kids for years until I found this solution. When they don't take a penny from government uh, and mm -hmm. they do teach religious liberty uh, big time, uh, it's called American Heritage, and they, and they teach the principles of liberty. And uh, I bring this all up because they, on their private property, are putting up a Nathan Hale uh, statue right now. Oh. Um, and I don't know oh, if I ought to call it a statue because it's not a worship of Nathan Hale. It's more mm -hmm. of a, a remembrance of who he was and what he stood for, uh, kind yeah. of a, a, a remembrance, if you will. And I think it's incredible. Yes, that is a wonderful thing. Nathan is really um, such an inspiring patriot. And it's it always grieves me that his last words have come down to us as, I only regret that I have but one life to give for my country. 
because that has allowed people to twist his message and his witness and to say that he was a nationalist. Now, they don't say that. They'll say he's a patriot. But what they mean by that is he's a nationalist who worshipped the United States. Well, when Nathan hanged in 1776, there were no United States, okay? country had not been formed. If anything, he would have considered himself uh, a member of the British Empire, uh, trying to break away from that. Um, so actually, what he said was something along the lines of, I am persuaded that the cause in which I am engaged is so glorious that I wish I had more than one life to give for it. Cause is a huge difference from country. What cause was he engaged in? He was engaged in the cause of freedom. He wanted to fight for independence so that the United States could be free from the British Empire or the, the country at that point. I, I, you know, the country could be free from uh, a tyrannical government. And let me also emphasize that the tyranny that the colonists fought against was so entirely mild compared to what we deal with. Uh, you can hardly, I mean, you read about why they went to war, and you're like, really? <laughs> over this? <laughs> you were willing to die over a three-penny tax? Three pennies? And even with inflation figured in, three pennies? You were willing to die over that? Okay, what would they say about us today? But at any rate, Nathan's last words then uh, were relayed, and in the course of years, about 50 years after his death, one of his buddies from college wrote his memoirs. That's where this line comes from. Now, his buddy was a big Federalist, which is to say a statist. Um, so he read into Nathan's last words things that were not there. Um, so I just want to emphasize, Nathan, Nathan was no nationalist. Well, he, he interpreted it through his own views of what a patriot would be, if you will. That's right. That's right. Just as people do today. Yeah, of course yeah, they do. So, sure. So and the point, the, the point that Nathan Hale was making is when we talk about this cause, we're talking about the sacred cause of liberty. That Becky highlighted biblically, God Almighty does not take away our agency, does not take away our free will, our ability to choose. It does not force us to do things. And so when Becky says she's an anarchist, what she's rejecting is the forced nature of government and the people's ability to give away that or to transfer that to somebody else. You can transfer that for yourself if you want to go into a tyrannical mode, but you can't take Becky's agency and her choices and her free association and put that in some body that can then lord over her. Is that, am I articulating it right? That's correct. And you know, Sam, I'm always surprised that Marxists don't want freedom, okay? In other words, if I were a Marxist, I look back at history and I see it's going to be a rough sell. Most people reject it when they understand what it is. One of the reasons that Marxism has prevailed so entirely in this country is people honestly don't understand what it is. They hear all the euphemisms and they don't remember that hundreds of millions of people have been killed under Marxism. But at any rate, Marxists, if you're a genuine committed Marxist, there is nothing in freedom under a free country that says you can't set up a commune. Go right ahead. Buy a tract of 100 acres, set up a commune. Anybody who wants to live from each according to his ability to each according to his need, you're all welcome to, to go there. You can buy more land. 
If your commune grows, you all want to work yourselves to death, go right ahead. There is nothing in freedom that would prevent this free association and free commitment to one another. And the rest of us can live as we please. But that's not what Marxists ever do. They are on a campaign to subjugate all of us. And it's really sad, Sam, when we watch these BLM and Antifa and all the other rioters and looters, I want to say to them, do you understand that if you ever get the Marxism that you are agitating for, you'll be the first to die? Because, again, historically, that's what Marxists do. They kill the people who brought them to power, and then they start killing everybody else. So it's just a real tragedy. All of us must reject Marxism in favor of freedom. And if that means you're a constitutionalist, that's great. We have a lot more in common as an anarchist and a constitutionalist than we would ever have with Marxists. If you want to go all the way and become an anarchist, that's fine. However you want to uphold liberty, but none of us have the right or authority to override another person's free will. Okay, the only way you get to do that is if you're a parent and you're raising a child. Otherwise, we are called. And, to and that's not because money. that's not because you circumvent their will. What you're doing is protecting their will, educating them in the moral guidance necessary to use their will properly. Uh, you're not taking away a child's will in that regard either. In fact, it's God's way of of ensuring that you have your will, right? Right, right. Because so, I think that's an important part to understand. We need you to be able to grow up and have your will intact, right? Otherwise, you've lost it before you get started if the tyrants have their way. And, you know, Sam, this is another huge offense from government, and I'm always surprised people don't object to this more than they do, and that is government infantilizes us. It treats us as little kids. Um, Ron Paul wrote a book in which he relayed some conversations that he had when he was in Congress, and it was really um, just totally horrible what people in government think of us. They don't believe that we have the capacity to rule our own lives. They all think they're smarter than we are, that they know better than we do, that they should be in charge of telling us what to do because we can't. And, and he would, you know, he'd give the whole conversation that he would have with different representatives. Um, I, I strongly recommend people get that book and read it if you want to find out what your elected officials think of you. Um, so, but this is another thing that should really infuriate us about government, the way it perceives us. We're paying its bills. These people are sponging off us. They have their snaps in the public trough and they draw off the sweat of our brow, and yet they think we don't know what's going on. God save the republic's all I can say. Becky Akers with us, ladies and gentlemen, her incredible books, Abducting Arnold, The Other Side of the Benedict Arnold Story, and Hailstorm. A book chronicling who was Nathan Hale? What did he stand for? What did he do? Why is he such a patriot? And man, you develop some tremendous respect uh, as you read these novels. Get them today. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life.
and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, get this, ladies and gentlemen. I call it Becky today, and I'm like, hey, Becky, <laughs> we normally bring up the topics. Why don't you bring up the topics today? Because <laughs> yeah, here's what happens. We bring up the topics with poor Becky with no notice. And, you know, a, a better talk show host than I would probably email the topics ahead of time so she could kind of review and chew on them and, and, and kind of, you know, prepare and stuff like that. I'm just negligent and derelict in my duty and such. And so I don't do that. I just bring them on and she just graciously responds on the fly and does a phenomenal job in doing so, I might add. But I thought, why don't we let her turn the tables on us? Why don't we just let her bring up all the topics and we'll have to respond on the fly? And Becky kind of giggled and delighted in that, huh, Becky? i'm just saying it you know so the goal isn't to catch anybody flat-footed but the goal is to talk about liberty not in a scripted way and that's why i don't that's really the reason i don't give the topics i could plan in advance and give people the topics ahead of time but I i don't want it to be scripted i don't want you know me to say this and ask a question and somebody to say that and i want it to be unscripted i want it to come from the heart and i want it to be real and relevant and live and the only way to do that is to bring up the topics just on the fly and so that's the real reason that I do it. But anyway, uh, Becky, you're up to bat. <laughs> well, Sam, Kurt one just through the curveball, right? <laughs> one of the things that has really troubled me the last few months is the easy acceptance of mask mandates. And I don't know offhand, is Utah under a mask mandate? It's hard to answer that question because some counties are, some counties are not. For government, school, and schools, yes, or else schools will be shut down. So it's kind of. Okay. Okay. It's enough that... Enough that it's tyrannical and needs to be rejected. I'll say that. And I am astounded at how many people simply go along with it. So, And you're uh, not going to get me in any way to say it's fine or it's acceptable or it's understandable. No, I 100% reject uh, the tyranny they've put in place, even though it's not total in its tyranny, it's still tyrannical. They have no authority, and I challenge that 150%. And one of the things that so bothers me about the conversation nationally, um, 
is the idea that we have to argue on the merit of masks. Now, I have researched this topic in depth, and I will tell you, Sam, for every study saying that masks are a great thing, there's an equal and opposite study. In fact, there are more studies that say they aren't. Very interestingly, most of the studies approving of masks have been done within the last few months, okay, since this issue has become prevalent. Um, that casts a lot of doubt on their accuracy. If you look back at, at studies from a couple decades ago, they are universally against masks. In fact, there was one study, it never caught on among surgeons, but it argued that surgeons should not be wearing masks in operating rooms because masks cut down on your supply of oxygen. They befuddle your brain to do all kinds of really bad things, okay? But let's get away from all that. At this point, the issue has become so politicized that I don't know that we'll ever find the truth. And I also suspect that the truth varies from person to person. Somebody with a compromised immune system may, in fact, benefit from a mask while a perfectly healthy person is hurt by them. This is something that should never, ever have been entrusted to government. And I will go beyond that and say that our health in general should never be entrusted to government. I remain astounded that so many Americans just unthinkingly accept that it should be. Uh, it's fascinating to me, Sam, that public health departments all come out of the progressive era at the turn of the 19th to 20th centuries, okay? Public health, when you start investigating it, is a Marxist construct. It treats us as a collective. It treats us as a mass of humanity instead of considering us as individuals. Um, intriguingly, many public health bureaucrats have no medical degree whatsoever, okay? Yet these people are in charge now, and because Americans have been derelict in defending our freedom, these people are telling us we have to wear masks. Now, that should infuriate all of us. And even if they were doctors, it should infuriate all of us. But I just want to give that caveat to the audience. Unless the person is identified as a public health doctor, they have no medical degree. So you don't need to cringe in fear and think these people know what they're talking about. They are bureaucrats just as they're bureaucrats at the FDA. What they do is they get a degree in public health. And that involves courses such as interpreting statistics and, and nonsense like that. Okay, But um, this idea that they know what they're talking about and they know better than we do how to guard our health is preposterous. But aside from all that, so, so let's get away from whether masks are good for us or they're not, whether they prevent spread of disease or yeah, they and don't. By the way, that's the Hegelian dialectic, how they say, okay, let's debate whether masks are good for you or not or you know, healthy or not or safe or not. or any. I don't care what argument you take yes or no to or right or wrong to. They shift the focus away from the real issue yes. In my opinion, which is this, and here's my headline for your topic. See if you think it's uh, okay. Mask mandates by force without moral authority. Yes. That's, right, that's the sure. real context. Do they have the authority to do this? And if they don't, it's the end of the discussion, people. I don't need to debate if they're good or not, or if you have enough oxygen or if you don't, or if your mask looks prettier than mine or not. Okay, I don't need to debate those things. You either have moral authority to do what you're doing or you don't. And if you don't, 
then we're not talking about mandating masks by force, are we? And so what I'm saying is they displace the argument, and they don't care how long you debate the inconsequential issues, which is, are they good for you or not? Do you like them or not? Do you feel you should wear them or not? Are they pretty or not? Are they healthy or not? Okay, those are all side arguments. The real question is, do you have moral authority to mask mandate by force? And the answer is they don't, Becky. No, they certainly don't. For those who, um, and you know, in your friends and family, you'll encounter the person who will say, well, yeah, they know better than we do. They should have this authority. If they don't currently have it under Constitution, we need to amend the Constitution. Ask that person, so what do you consider off limits to government? What shouldn't the government be able to do? If it can tell you how to dress, we are getting into a really personal decision here whether you're going to wear a diaper on your face. Should a government be allowed to tell you that? And if they shouldn't, what do you think they shouldn't be allowed to tell you? Um, I once had a conversation, Sam, with a gentleman, uh, an elderly Christian man, I thought very highly of him, who told me flat out a government should be able to do anything it wants to do. And I was astounded. And I said to him, because he at the time, uh, was taking care of his wife with Alzheimer's in his home. He had not put her in a nursing home. He dearly What if the her. government just wants to roll in and kill her? Is he cool with that? That's what I asked him. I said, so if the government surrounds your house tomorrow with a cordon of sheriff's deputies and they order you to turn her over to them, what we do? Well, I'll take her Because she's out. really defined as an unnecessary breather. You know what I'm talking exactly. about? Exactly. Exactly. And he And she's oh, messing yeah. up the concentration of oxygen versus CO2 in the environment and everything else, right? Exactly. Now, I know that's psychotic, folks. I don't believe that for a second. Don't misunderstand. I'm trying to drive the point home. Go ahead, Becky. He said he would take her out there. What? So he would partner in murder with the government? Yeah. Now, I'm not Mm. sure, Sam. A lot of people will take a point in an argument and get them back into a logical corner, and they just double down on it, even though they don't really believe in what they Sure, you're right. Well, he may have done that, but I was so shocked at the time, I just gave it up. And he was also getting pretty upset, so I, I didn't pursue it. But, oh, yeah, because that's one of their characteristics. They just flat out melt down, too. Yes. But I, I, there are too many Americans who think the way he does. Sam, I, I don't know if you saw or discussed the uh, riots, or, or I shouldn't say call them riots, demonstrations in Germany and England over the weekend. Yes, because they're okay. sick of it. They're sick of it. Where is that here? Why aren't we having big demonstrations? Why aren't Americans out in the street telling rulers and dictators, we're not going to take this anymore? How sad that Europeans have realized this is a scam, and they are out there, a million people in Germany. It's just beyond me. There's a million people gathering in Germany to protest vaccinations. Forced vaccinations. Again, something government is pushing. Something they are saying, well, this is for your health. This is for your good. We're only interested in that. Government has no right. Government All right, can I add a word to the, my headline that I wrote? I'm building it as we yeah. go. And now here's what it says. Reject mask mandates by force without moral authority, exclamation point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because along with this, you know, again, it's like the, the nose of the camel under the tent. As soon as you admit, government can tell us on this, you've opened the Because here's my next question. When you wear masks, they're hard to breathe, right? Yep. Depending on how loose or tight they are. 
What if they then just said you need your mask tighter and you need the cloth a little thicker? Yes. At and what they are point? Doing that. Uh, of course they are. And at what point are tighter and thicker okay versus when you say, wait a minute, I can't breathe? Uh, let's talk about it. Becky Akers on your radio. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. A federal court says no to a prosecutor's efforts to get the president's tax returns. A three-judge panel of the Second Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday put on hold a lower court ruling while it considers the president's argument that the records request is overbroad and was issued in bad faith. New York City District Attorney Cyrus Vance wants the records to see if President Trump broke laws in an investigation concerning supposed hush money payments made to several women as detailed by the president's former lawyer Michael Cohen. President Trump telling reporters yesterday claims in an upcoming book by Michael Schmidt that he had a series of mini strokes last year as fake news. He added maybe they were referring to another candidate from another party, alluding to Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. This is USA Radio News. I'm Dr. John Howe, veterinarian and 2020-2021 AVMA immediate past president with the latest on COVID-19 and pets. There's been a very limited number of infections in companion animals, with most cases asymptomatic or with minor respiratory issues. Here are some key tips. If you're healthy, keep practicing good hygiene with your pet. Wash your hands before and after playtime and when handling food, waste, or supplies. It's best if you don't let your pets interact with people or pets outside your household, especially if you're in an area with community spread. Exercise is important for your pet, But try to steer clear of crowded dog parks. Mind the heat. Socially distance. Keep cats indoors whenever possible. If you're ill with COVID-19, try to have someone care for your pets. If you can't always wear a mask, don't share food, kiss, or hug your pets. And wash your hands before and after any contact. For more information on keeping your pets happy, healthy, and safe, visit avma.org. President Trump calling violent protests in major cities domestic terror. Speaking at a law enforcement roundtable in Kenosha, Wisconsin yesterday, the president said he strongly supports the use of the National Guard to help put an end to the violence. Meanwhile, a probe into the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha by police a couple of weeks ago has produced over a 100 pieces of evidence, according to the Wisconsin Department of Justice. It includes 28 different videos of the incident. Kids in New York City are facing a change in their back-to-school plans, as we hear in this report from USA Radio's Wendy King. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio says the return to classrooms will be pushed back to September 21st. There will be three days of remote learning beforehand. During that transitional period, there will be instruction for students, but there will also be additional preparation for educators and staff. Again, that report from Wendy King, and you're listening to USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about this serious issue of masks. And the debate isn't whether you like them or not, whether you think they're safe or healthy or not, okay, whether you think we ought to wear them or not. It isn't about your personal opinions. 
ladies and gentlemen. Becky Aker with us. Becky Akers is author of two incredible books, novels. They're available now. Search for them on Google by name, Becky Akers Hailstorm, or Becky Akers Abducting Arnold. Incredible books. I've read them and highly recommend you do the same. Anyway, my headline, Reject Mask Mandates. By force, without moral authority, ladies and gentlemen. Let me say it again. Reject mask mandates by force, without moral authority. That's the discussion point. You cannot get off that point. Either they have authority to mandate it or they don't. And if they don't, why are we allowing it to happen? Becky? And think of all that goes along with it, too. Okay, the lockdown. Where does any government derive the moral authority to tell us we have to stay home? We have to stay Stop working. Uh, this is incredible to me. And, Sam, one of the things that really astounds me, I understand that most Americans now are brainwashed. They go through public schools, and then they camp out in front of the boob tube, and they are so dumbed down from schools and from the mainstream Marxist media, okay? So I understand they're not going to rise up and protest out of principle, Nobody or very few Americans will say, you know what, government doesn't have the moral authority to tell me to stay a prisoner in my own house, and therefore I'm going out. All right. However, what are Americans notorious for? Oh, they love their comfort. They love their toys. They want convenience. Okay. We're notorious around the world for this. What did government do? It totally inconvenienced most of us. It totally wiped out toys. Okay, you couldn't go to the big box store anymore and bring home the new TV. You had to order it online, and a lot of hassles there. You couldn't try it out ahead of time. I remain astounded that Americans tamely accepted this, tamely agreed, okay, government can tell me what to do, even though it's inconvenient and uncomfortable. So I'm still awaiting an uprising. Well, and we're going to get into that in just a minute and when and if it will come. We'll talk about that in a second. Kurt has two stories relating to mask mandates without authority. One line is Dateline Indonesia. So it's not in the United States, but check this out, Kurt. Headline uh, from Breitbart says Indonesia colon police force groom to do push-ups for not wearing mask at wedding. Um, so you've got, uh, you know, the picture, this is, uh, you know, was an approved event. It tells you in the story. In other words, they got a, approval to have the, uh, wedding well, you gotta have events approved now too. See, see where we're going folks. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, it's to protect you, Sam. I mean, you know, you could be sick if you didn't. Uh, but anyway, they said, uh, then the, the officials showed up. Wesks on, masks on wedding night, for crying out loud. Okay, this is just psychotic, folks. <laughs> the, fish, the officials showed up and uh, noticed that the groom wasn't wearing a face mask. So he said, uh, you know, you've got to do some push-ups, uh, you know, in order to uh, get him to comply. And, to redeem and it was... Uh, at least during the push-ups, they didn't make him wear the mask then, but then right after, then they put the mask on him. says, uh, you know, a number of uh, other guests had to be handed out the mask so that they were, you know, properly uh, be garbed, compliant. if you will. So what do you think um, of that? You think we're going to have to start doing push-ups in America there, Becky? <laughs> well, just consider the humiliation, the utter... That's crazy. This man's... Sovereignty. 
and this was done purposely to humiliate him. And it is unconscionably cruel in front of his bride, in front of his friends, humiliation that he'll never, ever get over. And on the other hand, Thailand has no tradition of liberty. Thailand has lived under uh, dictatorship since time immemorial, okay? And this is a very Eastern attitude that you submit. You are part of the big collective. Uh, you go ahead and submit to indignities like this. It is not America's tradition. Our tradition runs in exactly the opposite direction, okay? My heart goes out to this man, but after all, that's his culture. If he doesn't like it, he needs to leave. Our culture is precisely the opposite. We do believe in the sovereignty of the individual, and we believe, or did, that government should be severely restricted. And in We're my trying to hold on to it on this program, Becky. I'll tell you that right now. Absolutely. But the people who are out there who are not part of this program, who do not listen to you, Sam, they're our problem. They are the ones trying to remold us in the shape of Thailand. They want government to have this kind of power. There is a columnist that um, I read from the Midwest because he just horrifies me. He would be he, he's calling every couple of columns. He has another big column on how idiotic people are not to be wearing masks. And because I've been reporting on this and I've been writing about it, he turns up a lot in different Google alerts. So I read him, and it's kind of like I can't quit reading him. It's just like the morbid fascination with an auto accident. I'm just sitting there thinking, how can any human being reason this way? And again, all he does, he never, ever addresses whether government should be telling us this. No, because he knows if he does that, he won't have a leg to stand on. What they do is they take it into this realm where it's just always debatable. And then if they're really good with the language, they can manipulate people to their side not understanding the fundamental principles that undergird the reality of the situation. They do that with every issue, too. And that's another You know, thing. just a mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kurt. I was just going to say a little bit more to add to the story. Uh, way down in the Breitbart piece says, uh, you know, the official says, uh, moreover, the people in Randugong Village began to be reluctant to wear face masks. I think freedom is uh, something that everybody yearns for and it goes on he continues we continue to anticipate this negligence by educational efforts and they talk about i guess in april the officials in what's called central java uh, province forced some of the infected to stay in a haunted house after they violated their 14-day quarantine period so just imagine, uh, you know, I mean, there's uh, another way of, quote, um, what, uh, educating uh, the individuals. You know, we've seen that in America where you, uh, if you didn't do certain things, like say you were, you said the wrong thing, then you have to go to uh, some kind of a training or whatever. So they tell you what what you can or can't say and things like that, right? Yeah, you got yeah. that right. <laughs> All right, let's move to this Philadelphia mayor story, Kurt. Very good, Sam. Uh, so the Philadelphia, uh, we were talking about the one where he's, uh, the headline reads, your government of work mayor who banned indoor dining gets caught dining inside neighboring state. <laughs> yeah, this is, the, this is the, it's the for thee, not for me story category, right? Mm-hmm. 
no social distancing or mask wearing while restaurants here close, suffer and fight for every nickel. So, you know, I mean, that's that's what we see. People want to go to places where there's a little bit of freedom. They can not wear a mask if they prefer not to. And, and they can even eat inside, Sam. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but it's happening. Now, <clears throat> you got this thug that, that literally, you know, has these companies starving in his own area or whatever philadelphia this guy literally what goes across state lines kurt to to eat elsewhere that's right that's right and by the way sam uh he's he's uh committing repentance now because he has tweeted an apology for dining in maryland uh there uh where you know he went to you know eat without a mask on and indoors i mean you know so maybe he'll get repentance well there are people that are doing their best not to take this Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know about them. The mainstream press isn't telling you about them, but believe it or not, the Washington Post decided to cover one of them. And Becky, you're going to like this. Here's the headline. Right. Sorry, no mask allowed. Some businesses pledged to keep out customers who cover their faces. Guy's name is Kevin Smith, and he's owner of the Liberty Tree Tavern. (laughs) And he... Is in, I guess, in Belgian, Texas, and he basically to put up a sign and said, hey, if you're covering your face, you're not welcome. Can't come in. Sorry. Sam, this, this is glorious. And, uh, again, we're arguing on principle, but just going back to a practical issue, one of the things I have read about masks is that when medical professionals wear a mask, there are very definite protocols for putting it on and taking it off. You put it on, you do not ever touch the mask itself, the the cloth thing that goes over your mouth and nose, because it is filled with germs, especially after you have been wearing it for 20 minutes, okay? Watch people, though. They wear the same mask all day. They're constantly fiddling with it. I know, because the truth is, if you want to study health reality, they know full well this is happening. What they really want to do is compromise everybody's immune systems. And and later, Mm -hmm. they'll have to be forced to admit that. But anyway, I commend Kevin. We'll talk more about it in seconds on your radio. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, we'll have somebody steal that gold. 
We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, so I commend this bar owner, Liberty Tree Tavern, for saying, hey, sorry, you know what? You can't wear a mask and come in here. Well, there's a big old culture war going on, as you know, and there are a few people standing up. Not enough. I get Becky's point, but I want to highlight those who are at least to some degree. Headline says, no masks allowed. Stores turn customers away in U.S. culture war. Amen to that. And um, the battle rages on, and I find it very interesting. Now, here's the deal. I don't know how I feel about this because I'm not really for this Kevin guy mandating that you can't wear a mask. On one hand, I feel that way because I'm not really for forcing either way. Because if you say you can force to wear one, then, well, what about not wear one? But if you say you can force to not wear one, what about wear one? So I'm off the force plan. However, if it's his bar, it's his own private property, and he can say whatever the heck he wants. So let's get priorities straight when it comes to property first. Um, And then, you know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to comply with whatever his private property uh, restrictions or guidelines are, you don't have to go there if you don't want to. You're free to choose there as well. So ultimately, the, it comes down to choice and freedom, and you got to learn to prioritize moral realities. You can't just say everything is morally equal. Look, his private property, he can say what he wants. If he doesn't want you to wear a mask, then you can either go to that bar and not wear a mask, or you can go somewhere else. He has that freedom, and I defend his freedom. So it's important that we need to be very clear about this headline now nancy pelosi's in the news kurt well that's right the headline reads uh, basically uh, unmasked pelosi got hair done at shuttered san diego shop uh sub headline despite local ordinances keeping salons closed so uh, now i got a headline nancy. that says nancy pelosi's seen without mask inside san francisco hair salon is that a different one no, it's the same, yeah. It's just a different uh, report. Okay, because you, know you were mean? saying something about San Diego or down south or something? Well, this is a San Francisco one, so I don't know about San Diego. All right, but San Francisco. According to this, it's a San Francisco And I guess she got here. special privilege too, right? Yeah, she had wet hair and without a mask over her mouth or nose. She's 80 years old. I mean, she's... She's in the uh, dangerous category, you know, Sam. Again, this is just the standard. It's always good for thee and not for me plan of the bureaucrat, right, Becky? And there's a a further issue here. Let's remember, these people are telling us we're all going to die from coronavirus. Okay, Nancy Pelosi is one of the big liars, and she has now admitted by her actions that she knows what she's saying to be a lie. Does anyone seriously think that this coward and liar would risk her life to get a haircut? No, of course she wouldn't. So clearly, she doesn't believe the propaganda she's handing out and expecting us to swallow. So there, there are those two issues, Sam. Yes, absolutely. You know, what's good for me 
uh, is what I decide and what's good for you is what I decide. And I'm not going to go by the same rules. That's the first issue. But the second issue, just as importantly, is these people are admitting it's all a scam. Every single time we read about one of these, and there have been numerous ones, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, mayor of Chicago, uh, the lesbian, same thing. She went and had her hair done, okay? And, again, this is after she told Chicagoans, no, he can't do it, and she closed all the hair salons. She had a hairdresser come to her, and, again, perfectly confessing, it's a scam, I'm trying to pull one on you, and I don't believe it. Um, there was a, a governor or mayor or somebody who did the same thing, went to a barber shop or something, uh, I mean, there have been numerous instances of this with rulers breaking their own rules. And, yes, it's, it's a symbol of their hypocrisy and their privilege, but it's also a confession that this entire thing is a scam. Now, here's what's interesting. The headlines say GOP slams Nancy Pelosi. They want you to believe this is a Democrat versus Republican issue. Like the yes, Republicans are all for the masks and, by golly, how dare her and what are they thinking? They're all on the wrong side of the issue, and they're playing games with politics. Yes, that, that's an absolutely excellent point. They are all trying to pit us against each other when the real division should be us versus them. Well, and the real issue should be this principle, which says, do you have authority to mandate masks? Now, I want to get yes. to this before the end of the hour, and we've only got about you know a little less than 10 minutes to get this discussion done. But if they have authority to mandate masks, and this is why we need to debate the principle, not the secondary discussions about do you like masks, do you believe they're healthy, do you personally, from an opinion point of view, think you should wear them, do you think others should wear them? Okay, all those are side discussions, all right? This um, reject mask mandates by force without moral authority. Okay, the question is the mandates and the moral authority discussion. And the reason why is because when you stick with that discussion, then you're able to answer the next question. If I can force you to wear a mask, can I force you to get a vaccination? <laughs> okay, and if you understand the principle that I'm talking about, you say, wait a minute, do you have authority? If you don't have authority to force me to wear a mask, you certainly don't have authority to force me to take some man-made substance toxic uh, serum and inject it into my veins and take the jab? Of course not. But see, when you debate the, well, it, I feel like you should, and I believe you should, and I want you to, and I'm concerned about, and I, these are my opinions, then it's easy to say, oh, well, of course you can force people to take the jab too. But when you talk about the moral authority and the justification, and do you have the authority to, then you begin to start to understand the discussion, and pretty soon you say, well, of course they don't have authority to take the vaccines or to make me wear a mask. Or two, and, and you start to discuss the real issues, Becky. Absolutely. Um, and Sam, again, I want to emphasize, they do this with every issue. For instance, the environment. Does government have the authority to tell a factory owner how to run his business? That's the real issue, not does government, uh, you know, we need to stop pollution. The question is, does government have the authority to stop pollution, or are there better ways to handle it? and ways that will handle it that don't destroy freedom, okay? Same thing with all these uh, mandates to businesses now on how they can open, and churches? Sam, where is the uprising among Christians? As the government of California tells Christians they may not sing in church, 
Now, there are some pastors that are boldly stepping forward, and I'm praying for them daily and urge you to as well, who are boldly stepping forward and saying, we're not going to comply any longer. You have overstepped your mark. But my goodness, they should have come out in March when governments were closing down the churches. Does government have the right to close a church? This is a bedrock fundamental principle of American freedom. And yet, very, very, very few people protested. I know you did, Sam, but where were the hordes that we need to stand up for our freedom? We fought an, a revolution over religion. You're right. Now, Kurt Crosby brings up something that I think is relevant to this discussion. You know, they say no Bibles in school, and Kurt just says everybody should just cruise in with their Bible. What are they going to do about it? And that's what we should have done with church attendance and singing in church. And what yes. if everybody just simply went to church, buddy? And what are they going to do about that? You got 300 million people going to church and saying, we're just not going to. Okay, so I rewrote the headline that I wrote the first time, and it's, I changed one word. I changed the word masks, and I put vaccine. Reject vaccine mandates by force without moral authority. Okay, uh, this is the thing. If they can do this, they can say you can't go to church. You got to have a vaccination. What can they say next? You got to kill your grandma? Yeah. And Sam, I think that many Americans no longer understand power, political power. Okay, these politicians and bureaucrats, we have given them a taste of what absolute power is like, and they want more. They're not going to go away peacefully. They're not going to back down from this. This is really dangerous stuff that Americans have allowed to happen. We need to stand up against them. No pastor should have closed his churches. Absolutely what you say. One of the signs I saw in a news story on the uh, revolts in Britain and Germany, was somebody carrying a sign saying, what can they do if we all just say no? This is so essential to freedom. All we need to do, we don't need to have a shooting revolution. We don't need to counter the Marxists with bullets the way they're shooting at us. All we have to do is say no. Stand up and say, I am sovereign. You can't do this. I won't cooperate. I will not wear a mask. I will go to church. You have no right to do this to me. And instead, we just scatter and we comply and we agree that they can boss us around. And we are going to be living under tyranny because of our actions today. All right. So the last headline I write says this. Just say no to all mandates. Right? Yes. To all mandates by force without moral authority. Just say no, folks. Yeah. The only mandates we ought to make sure that we follow would be the Ten Commandments mandates. Uh, and well, yet I'm those the are the top two ones. also, but well, I know what you're yeah, saying. There you go. We, we put those aside as if they're suggestions, and then, uh, then we uh, have to be commanded by government. Uh, you know, we got to return to... The Ten Commandments and the real mandates where they come from. Yeah, so just say yes to the commandments of God. <laughs> All I'm telling you is this is crazy, Becky, fantastic topic. And when you take it to its real conclusions, unless you stick with this authority discussion, unless you stick with the, four, the core fundamental principle about agency and choice, you miss the mark and you don't have the ability to argue it effectively. That's right. And Marxists are trained in this, Sam. That's the thing. Freedom fighters... And those of us who, who really don't care one way or the other, and we're just as happy because we don't understand Marxism, and we're, oh, well, you know, that's good. They, they want to give everybody what they need. 
that's not it. But okay, if that's your attitude, you still need to understand they are overriding personal sovereignty and they're going to twist the debate and they're going to get you debating the practical aspects of whatever uh, horrible totalitarianism they're trying to ram through instead of concentrating on this is totalitarianism. Government does not have the right to tell me about this. There you go. We have responsibility to teach and to act, in my opinion. First, you got to teach the correct principles, and then you got to act and do your very best uh, to make sure those principles become the order of the day. Just say no to the mandates from government without authority and say yes to God's law. And, Sam, if I may talk to people who are living in areas of Utah, listening, who are under mask mandates, let me say that I am in a state with a mask mandate. I have yet to wear one. I go back and forth between the Midwest and New York City. Both places have mask mandates. I do not wear one. I have gotten in to funerals, to a minute clinic when I uh, had contact dermatitis from being outdoors and, and con- uh, touching poison ivy or something. I go regularly into grocery stores. I do not wear a mask. I refuse. If enough of us stand up and enough of us say, I won't do this, there's nothing they can do. Now, so far, I'm pretty much by myself, which really scares me. Most people are being intimidated by these signs. Okay, there are signs everywhere. You must wear a mask. No entry without mask. Ignore them. Go in. When you see the other lone person without a mask, make sure you compliment Say, I'm really glad to see your face. Okay? We've got to stand up against this because this is harbinger of totalitarianism. And if we don't start protesting now and start standing up as sovereign individuals, we're going to be under house arrest like all of Australia and New Zealand are. You got to pray hard, ladies and gentlemen. You got to work hard. You got to understand the sacred cause of liberty. And you got to absolutely stick with the principles so that you can debate them and stand on moral, the moral high ground. And you can't do it by letting them shift the argument away from the real issues. All right? It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of humility and a lot of uh, prayer before God and then a lot of backbone to stand up. But we beg for your willingness to support the sacred cause of liberty. Becky, thank you. Thank you, Sam. It's always a pleasure and a privilege. Abducting Arnold and Hailstormer, her two books, get them today. God Save the Republic.